Will you join me for prayer? Holy and gracious Father, it was on the first day of the week that you broke into this world to announce a glorious truth that Christ rose from the dead. Lord, on this day, the first day of the week, we ask that you would break into this service, break into our lives, proclaim the good news of the resurrection of Christ and what that means for us. Give us minds to, to understand these words and hearts to trust them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Did any of you see the ad that Reformation Lutheran Church put out in the Orange County Register this last week? No, that's right. I bet you didn't. The reason is because on Thursday, when we put out the ad, we were expecting on Thursday to see our ad. And so we got the register, and I was really happy, and, and got a couple copies, and I looked over it, and it wasn't there. So then we called our neighbor, or we called, I called my in-laws and said, well, maybe it's set for different places, and so maybe it's in her newspaper. Read through it, it wasn't there. So we decided to email the person who we'd been in conversation with for the ad, who helped design it for us, and she emailed back and said, oh, I think you're mistaken. We're not the Orange County Register, we're the Orange County Weekly. And she said, your ad looks great on page 15. <laughs> well, I ran. I go, where did I get one? She goes, oh, you can find it anywhere. So we ran to a corner and got it. And let me show you the cover of the Orange County Weekly. It's the free magazine. This is of a girl with a guitar and no shirt. And then page 15, our ad does look beautiful, as it's above a motorcycle ad, and more importantly, a swimsuit ad for bikini waxing. Our ad does look nice, though. A few weeks ago, I told the congregation, boy, I'd love to be a church that would really reach out to the sinners in this world, get real sinners in here. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask if anyone's here because of the ad. Yeah. God works in mysterious ways. I'm going to frame this picture. To remind me of that old proverb, man makes his plans and God laughs. <laughs> Isn't that exactly what happened on Good Friday? Man was making his plans. Man was attempting to control his fate. Humanity thought that they could bring peace and ensure peace by getting rid of that man named Jesus. The powers of Rome the powers of Israel planned. Kill Jesus, and we can have peace. Now, Rome was the best government of the world at that, on that day. Rome, the country, stood for heroism and virtue. 
Rome had the world's greatest military. Rome had the greatest leaders, greatest thinkers. Rome instituted the Pax Romana, the Roman peace. Rome would do anything and everything to ensure peace. And then you had Israel, the best religion they had in the whole world. They had the temple, the greatest temple. Their theology was the oldest. Their clergy were educated. Women and children and the poor were treated well in Israel, much better than any other place. Even more, they worshiped the true God. The God of Jacob, of Abraham. The God of Holy Scripture. It's amazing to think that the best religion in the world and the best country in the world at that time acted their worst on Good Friday as Pilate, a Roman governor, knew Jesus was innocent. However, he decided to keep the peace by killing Jesus. And Caiaphas, the high priest, knew Jesus was innocent. However, he planned to kill Jesus in order to preserve peace between Rome and Israel. Both decided better to kill one man. Let him die, let him suffer, so that the rest of the people could have peace. It's ironic that in order to, to keep the peace, they killed the Prince of Peace. No wonder Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Times haven't changed. We live in the greatest country in the world. We have the greatest government in the world. We are part of the greatest religion of the world. Yet even these great entities often fail us. Individuals get lost. Our government tries to bring economic peace through a stimulus plan. That payout to AIG did not bring peace. <laughs> Our courts think the best way to keep peace in the public square is to keep religion out of the public square. You can hardly blame them. Our churches have done a terrible job in the public square. We have abused and broken public trust. Father, forgive us, for we know not what we do. Good Friday occurs any day of the week when humanity takes it upon themselves to usher in ultimate peace. Now, this doesn't mean we aren't to serve in government and aren't to serve and help our neighbor. That's not what I'm talking about. But the pride, the, the hubris to, to think that we, by our actions, can bring about ultimate peace is foolishness. Even more, what would have happened if it worked? What would it mean if, if Rome and Israel actually succeeded in keeping Jesus in the grave? How depressing would that be? If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then this world would be the best we get. If Jesus didn't rise from the, the dead, then Easter, the best we can get for Easter is chocolate bunnies and brunches. And I like brunches. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, then all we could hope for is a long life and nothing else. 
Thank God. Praise God for the angel's words to the women at the tomb. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene who was crucified? He is not there. He has risen. Or in other words, man made his plans about Jesus, and God laughs. You see, even though the nations made their plans, God has been working long before that first Good Friday to bring about eternal peace. God's work began on the first Sunday of creation. You remember those words. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God's word continued throughout the Old Testament, and we see it again in the New Testament when we learn that not only was it God the Father working, but Jesus was there as well. John 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, Jesus. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into existence through Him. And apart from Him, there came into existence not even one thing that did come into existence. Or as the Apostle Paul tells us about Jesus, For all things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, were created in Jesus. Which is to say that all things exist as created through him and for him. It's no accident then in our reading today that we see that the resurrection happened on the first day of the new week, verse 2, very early on the first day of the week, that first Sunday. Why? Because God was creating something. God was starting a new work or God was continuing that work. On the first Sunday, Jesus, or God, Jesus began the work by creating out of nothing. On that Sunday of the resurrection, Jesus created something new out of nothingness of his death. Now, what was it that Jesus created by raising from the dead? What was it that he accomplished? What was it that he was doing? What was he making? This is the best news in the world. He was creating you. Listen to Paul's words from 2 Corinthians 5. If anyone is in Christ, that person is a new creation. The old things have passed. Look, new things have come into existence. In other words, what was Jesus creating on that first day of the week as he rose from the dead? He was creating a new you and a new me. Now, I know what you're thinking. You don't feel very new right now, do you? You might feel old. You have sin. You have illness. You have doubt in your lives. You have pain. You wonder how you can be a new creation at all when the old world clings to you. I love Luther's old saying. I've said it many times where he said, we might drown the old Adam in baptism, but the old Adam is a good swimmer. I can't help but look at my own daughter, Abigail, who is a light of my life, as well as Sydney, as well as my wife. But little Abigail, that old nature clings to her too. And its proof is with her old toys. She won't play with these old toys at all. She could care less about her old toys. But boy, the moment her little baby sister grabs one of those old toys... From across the room, I don't even know how she sees it. No! 
runs over there, jumps over people and toys to grab that toy out of her sister's hand and yank it. This is my favorite toy in the world. The old Adam remains. It remains in us. It clings to us. Oh, we have to fight that old Adam. But notice what Paul says about the new creation. This is what he says. He says, if anyone is in Christ, that person is a new creation. In Christ, that's the key. In Christ, we are a new creation. In other words, though we don't feel it, though we don't experience it, though the old Adam remains, as we have been united to Christ, as we've been united to him in the waters of holy baptism, as we're united to him, we're united to his death, we're united to his resurrection, which means that we are his, which means that his resurrection is a guarantee, it's a proof that we too will be raised, that we too will be changed from one glory, a degree of glory to the next. What it means is that when we say he has risen, and you can say he has risen indeed, what that really means is that you're, what you're also saying is, I too will rise. I too will live. I too will be changed from one degree of glory to the next. I too in Christ, in Christ, with Christ, am a new creation. Now, of course, you don't feel it completely now. I don't feel it now. I'm the pastor of the church. My favorite song is Chief of Sinners, Though I Be. The old Adam remains, but we are a new creation in Christ. But there will be one day when that new creation that is spoken to us will be fulfilled. On that final day, that final Saturday, we will see God create once again Listen to the words from Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth have passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and I will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. It is finished, Christ said that. It is done, finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. Christ as creator in the beginning. Christ as creator at the resurrection. Christ as creator at the end. That's what we celebrate today. Our hope is not the government, economics, or the legal system. Our hope is not religion, morality, or philosophy. Our hope 
is a man named Jesus Christ. Our hope is Jesus who rose from the dead. That's our hope. And that's why we do what we do, as, as Paul will talk about the reconciliation of the world and the ambassadors of Christ as we go out and serve the poor, as we go out loving our neighbors, as we share the message. Because our hope is not in this world. Our hope is in Christ Jesus himself. Christ is risen. His death has destroyed death. Christ is risen. His death makes eternal peace. Christ is risen. Your sins are forgiven. Christ is risen. You are a new creation. Christ is risen. And because he is risen, you too will rise. Sinners that you are. And so let's carry the message to everyone. <laughs> he is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. <laughs>